Are you thinking of launching a side hustle? Do you need some strategies to start stacking coins to invest in establishing your business? Stick around. My guest today is all about purse empowerment and helping women live more financially empowered lives. This is Michelle McKenzie, and welcome to the WTF Podcast, where we demystify entrepreneurship and the fog around funding. My guest today is Shani Curry, the head of Purse Empowerment, providing a safe haven for women to learn, share, and grow in financial literacy. Shani will be sharing the first five steps that women should take to get their financial house in order to start stacking coins, to launch a business, and a checklist to implement and maintain healthy personal finance habits, whether you plan to start a business or not. A quick note to listeners, Shawnee's audio is not as sharp as we would have liked it to be, but I think the value of what she has to say is phenomenal. So keep listening and carry on. Shawnee, welcome to the WTF podcast. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Thank you. I am so excited to have you here. What motivated you to start Purse Empowerment? I have a huge banking background. I come from the world of banking when Wells Fargo was Wachovia. So I had a great deal of financial understanding from my tenure at the bank. We are speaking directly to women who are contemplating starting a business and are trying to save money for that initial investment. Shani, what are the first five steps these women should take to accumulate cash to use for an initial investment into their businesses? I'll use myself as an example of the process of losing my job during a recession and then going into entrepreneurship, leveraging the skill sets that I had obtained as a banker. So the things that I begin to do in order to see whether or not if this business was going to have any sustainability is that I had to do some level of testing, right? So I'd spend so much time listening to people setting goals and just not having any execution or having any type of dollar discipline to make sure that the thing that they said that they wanted had the key steps to be able to execute. So that would be number one is testing, right? The second thing that I would do if I was still juggling building out my business, I would have a budget, right? I would have a base level budget to look at my income, versus my expenses and how much money did I have left over. Then I would take that number and I would divide it by 12 because I know that based on this particular number that I currently have access to, my income, my expenses, what is being left over is going to let me know how much wiggle room to have in order to go ahead and take an investment in my business. The third thing I would do after I get past testing, 
And I looked at a budget for myself. The third thing I would do is I would look at my personal credit because I showed up differently in my business when I actually had access to more capital. So I would be looking at my personal credit to see how I could be able to leverage that to gain access to other people's money. That would be the third thing. If my credit wasn't the best, I would go into massive improvement of whatever that took to go ahead and bring it up. In the interim, I would begin looking at grants, looking at funding. I've always had a good relationship with time. So those would be the five things that I would be looking at in order to prepare myself to move into entrepreneurship. Shani, that was great. Time being a currency is something that people oftentimes discount. Time is a major currency. So not only the amount of time you might be investing in areas where you shouldn't be investing, but how much time you're giving yourself to get to your goals. Sure that you're paying attention to that time currency because a lot of people lose by not giving that the priority that it deserves. Shani, what are your recommendations for implementing and maintaining healthy personal finance habits? Give us a checklist. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's see. The first layer, I would say, are not even going to be mathematical. They're going to be more psychological. I find that those that have good self-care have the capacity to have a better relationship with their money as opposed to those that I think are lacking in good self-care. So let me break this down. I know that there is a lot of self-love, self-care type of verbiage being used in many places, especially socially. But the soft life was definitely built by making some hard decisions. So those that have better self-care, and I'm not just talking about manis and petties and getting a good massage, going on a girl's trip, seeing Paris. Those are really good experiences. But those that I find who have had the opportunity to sit with some of their financial failures, So I would say the first layer is being able to have a self-care regimen that supersedes your appearance. That would be the first layer. If you're going to build a strong financial health, oftentimes I can work with some of my clients and sometimes they're still dealing with like the death of a child, right? You're still dealing with the death of a child and we have to work and walk through some of those emotions and how it impacts their shopping habits and how it impacts how they show up to work. You want to be able to come to yourself when it comes to those type of very emotionally demanding experiences. My business is 10 years old, so I've had the opportunity to really carve out a space where my clients can say, you know what, this is why I financially violate myself. Here's why, Shawnee. I know I spent X and I said I was going to do this, but here's why I've been doing it. Okay, got it. So once you have that kind of come to Jesus moment with yourself and you're able to deal with yourself, you move on to the second thing. I know people like 12-month goals, but I like three-month goals. I think if you give yourself too much time to accomplish something, 
that it tends to loop. If you're honest with yourself, a lot of things can be done in three months. If you really focus with minimizing your distractions, you can really carve out something that you are deep proud of within a 90-day period. If you're ready to shut down on distractions and you're ready to really just go hard in every aspect, you could really achieve that in which you desire for yourself. And then what happens when you get to that 90-day desire, especially if you're able to make that type of commitment, in 90 days, you're going to want something else because you're not even the same person that made the goal because you've gone through so much of a transformation. And guess what? Now you want something else because you've already mastered the skill set of building six figures. Let's say that's what it is that you want. And then you get there and then you're like, gosh, now I want to make 150. And it's not so much that you necessarily need the money, but now you're kind of like addicted to the process of creation, which is why I like, I like to see people flow in. Once you are able to get your survival house in check, you're ready to move into another layer of yourself, which is massively creative than your survival self, at least in my experience anyway. What are three personal finance actions that women listening to this podcast can take immediately? Something that you can do immediately, number one, would be sit down for 10 minutes with a timer and write a gratitude list. That would be the first thing that I would say that you should do. I often find that people are not doing as bad as they think that they are, which causes them to overconsume because they're overcompensating for things that are not always truly there. So I think if you just sit down for 10 minutes with a blank sheet of paper and you just write about things that you are just thankful for, it will bring you back into everything that you've already had the opportunity to participate in. And you also find that while you are focused on your gratitude, you will also be able to see that many of the things on that list are not even related to money. So that's that's a really good one. The second thing is look at your credit score, right? Look at your credit score. That would be the second thing that you would want to do. And when you look at your credit score, you're going to look at it and you're going to look at those numbers. The lowest possible credit score is a 300. The highest one is an 850. And then you've got to ask yourself, what do I want to do with this credit? How do I want to leverage this credit? opportunity in front of me. When you look at your scores, you got to see what can I do with a 600? What can I do with a 680? And if I want to be to the 700s, what do I have to do in order to get there? What are the skills? What are the drawbacks that I need to make? What are the sacrifices, if necessary, that I need to make to get to that next scoring space that you're in? The third thing would be to look at your bank account, right? Open it up. Look at it. I do this with my clients all the time. Open it up. It's set a timer. That's something that I say all the time because you need to measure time. You need to measure it. Otherwise, it's a continuum. So you sit there in front of that bank account and you look at it, whatever that number is, whether that number is $10,000, $150,000, whatever that particular number is, as you sit there and you stare at this number, it's going to let you know whether or not if you are happy with the number that you see, right? It's going to let you know if you feel that you're too wasteful, right? It's going to let you know what type of habits you need to increase and which of those you need to reduce. Oftentimes, I see people 
deal with financial avoidance because they don't want to look at their bank statements. They don't want to know how much money they actually have. They will much rather deal in this very evasive space when it comes to actuality of money, right? But just looking at it will give you a measure. You may find that, you know what, I'm deeply happy with this number or I'm deeply disappointed. And when you look at that disappointment, you can begin to say, okay, I'm willing to do this to get here. I'm willing to do this to get here. I'm willing to do less of that to get here. And I think that you'll have a way to move forward to something that you really want in just three months. I always say the amount of time it takes you to do something is the amount of time that you have. And by giving people less time, it forces them into more radical action sooner because you could, oh, well, I could do it next week because I've got or next month or in the next two months, because if you've given yourself a 12 month time span, it's just giving you options for more avoidance, right? Yeah. So when oh, that lame that you action, have. avoidance, yeah, mm-hmm. all of that for sure. So shorten the time span to be able to increase action and get yes. to the goal yes. quicker. For sure. Love it. Shani, now that we share all this good information with people, where can they go to get more? Like I said, I'm a fan. I follow you on Instagram. Your content is popping, very informative, very relatable. Tell the folks where to find you and follow you. You can find me anywhere when it comes to social media, First Empowerment. My website is First Empowerment. So anywhere that you look for me, if you look for First Empowerment, now there are a couple of duplicate pages. So you definitely want to make sure that it's actually me. (laughs) So that would be the first thing that you want to do. The other thing is I have a really great book out right now. It's called Money Therapy. I've been using it directly with my clients, especially those that I find that are constantly financially violating themselves because they're just not having the discipline, not having the replacement behavior. I like replacement behavior way better than I like just all around refusal to participate. I like replacement behavior because you can go cold turkey for a little bit, but after a while, it's not going to work out. So I put that in the form of a book. It's called Money Therapy. It is an actual journal. I'm going to give you prompts to help you work through some things. And then, of course, if you kind of like my style of communicating as it relates to making sure that your financial house is in order, whether if you're getting ready to purchase a home or whether you're getting ready to look for funding to launch your business at another level, then you can reach out to me. I do one-on-ones to assist my clients with my form of money therapy. Shani, where can we find that book? Oh, you can grab my book on my website, Purse Empowerment. Purse Empowerment. You can get it as an ebook or you can get a hard copy. I really like the hard copy. It has a lot of guided 10 minute interval things. If you set a timer, and I'm telling you, you hear this, I use timer with my kids. If you look at my Instagram, you constantly hear me talking about timers. Some of my friends are talking about Alexa, turn off of this because Alexa is my friend in terms of holding her accountable for my timer. She be having my back. Okay. And so that's the same thing in terms of a lot of the guided pages that I have inside of the journal, it tells you, okay, sit here for 10 minutes and write out your gratitude. Sit here for 10 minutes and look at your credit report. Time is such a huge commodity. Time is money. It is money. It is the resource that you can Time is currency. Currency. Time is the first money, right? Time is the first money. So people are always saying that we have the same 24 
hours. Well, it really depends on how much money you have because Oprah Winfrey and Beyonce certainly does not have the same 24 hours that I have because they are able to leverage other people's skill sets in times that may often well be more viable than their own. You understand what I'm saying? You're yeah. reach on that because yeah. you'll see these things on social media. Where, oh, Beyonce has the same 24. No, she doesn't. Yeah. No, 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 no. She no, does not. No. She can she, leverage other people's 24 hours by paying yes. them to do yes. certain things to free yes. up her time to focus yes. on things that she is uniquely qualified to do yes. and does yes. best. And yes. no one but her can do. Exactly. So the Oprah Winfrey's of the world, the Beyonce of the world, the Michelle Obama's of the world, whoever it is that you want to think of, they just have time currency compounding, right? Because they're not just using their time, they're also using maybe eight other people's times that have also studied in a very concentrated way. It does not take them the same amount of time to wash dishes. You understand what I'm saying? It's not a thing. And trainer is not how tricks. So um, we don't all have the same amount of time. However, we do have time. And as we give value to our time, it does give us the opportunity to use and leverage time in a very different way. Shani, that's a powerful note to end on. Thank you so much for reminding us about our time currency and how we think about ourselves in terms of what we're able to do. And yes, we do not all have the same 24 hours, but you can yeah. make your 24 hours as productive as possible by yeah. recognizing that time is currency and holding yeah. yourself accountable. And I like the way that you talk about timing yourself to make sure that you are committing to something that, hey, I can get this thing done in this amount of time. Thank yes. you so much. You're welcome so much. And I will make sure that I put links in the show notes. So guys, check out the show notes. We're going to find links to where to find Shani, find her book, all of that good stuff. So make sure you pick up that book because I'm sure she's going to have some great stuff in there that will hold you accountable to doing the things that you know you should be doing. Thank mm -hmm. you so much, Shani. To my listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do, leave a review, reach out to me, let me know, and share it with three friends who might need to hear the content that's in this episode. Make sure that you are sharing if you like this episode. Subscribe to the podcast at its home on the Alive Podcast Network. And follow me, your host, on LinkedIn, Michelle J. McKenzie, and follow the show page there, as well as on Instagram at where's the funding underscore podcast. See you next Friday for another episode. Mm -hmm.